This episode of the Global Franchise Podcast is brought to you by Neighbourly, the leader in home services franchising. Neighbourly is the world's largest home services franchisor with 29 brands and nearly 5,000 franchises, collectively serving more than 10 million customers in nine countries. With opportunities focused on repairing, maintaining and enhancing homes and businesses. Visit franchise.neighbourlybrands.com to learn more about the group's franchise opportunities. Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, bringing you conversations with the leading authorities in international franchising. I'm Kieran McLoon, editor for Global Franchise Magazine. You can build a better service with those individual customers because you get to know them. And of course, you reduce your marketing costs because marketing to an existing customer is, 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 is far less expensive than winning a new customer. So, so we spend a lot of time on customer retention and customer service as a way of doing that. So that is the general theme behind the brands we have within. It's great to be able to return to the podcast in 2022 and continue delving into the biggest topics around franchising alongside the industry's leading names. We've got a whole host of unmissable guests lined up already this year, and it's our pleasure to kick things off by sitting down with Stephen Hemsley, co-founder and executive chairman of Franchise Brands. As a franchisor, Franchise Brands, founded in 2008, encompasses five principal brands with a combined network of more than 425 franchisees. Primarily focused on maintenance and services, the Franchise Brands portfolio has endured the pandemic and continued to thrive. This should come as no surprise, of course, with co-founder Stephen Hemsley being deeply entrenched in the franchising world. For example, his 21-year tenure with Domino's Pizza allowed Stephen to learn firsthand about what it takes to turn a business around. He was instrumental in introducing online delivery to the UK market, something that we take for granted now as a key financial pillar for all QSR brands. Join us as we explore Stephen's rich history with franchising and what he believes the essential elements of any brand will be to succeed in 2022. I think really undoubtedly the most important thing in franchising is empathy with the franchisees. I mean, these are entrepreneurs that have invested their own money uh, in a business startup. And and the leaders of the uh, franchise business must appreciate the, the, the challenges they go through in doing that, whether they're mental challenges, physical challenges, um, uh, particularly in some of our brands, uh, emotional challenges. And, and, and we as franchisors must help them celebrate the good times, but also um, help them with the more difficult times. And we've always got to remember that we can only have a successful franchise business if we've got successful uh, franchisees. Absolutely. Yeah. I think empathy is something that we'll, we'll hear a lot of this year moving forward, those really core like people skills, um, which go beyond the the figures and the numbers behind a, an organization. Um, and a, another big trend that we'll undoubtedly hear more about this year is technology, which is constantly evolving, constantly a big buzzword within the franchising world. And um, franchise brands, of course, recent in recent news, you acquired Azura Group in November 2021, the end of last year, um, after a lengthy partnership, as I understand, between yourself 
themselves and the tech platform. And I wanted to learn a little more, Stephen, about how important you think it is um, having this kind of dedicated technology partner when trying to grow a franchise organization such as Franchise Brands. We made uh, that decision because we had invested so much time and money working with Azura in developing our our core platforms. Uh, Azura was uh, a smaller business, and we wanted to make sure that they had the resources to carry on uh, developing our platform for us and indeed for other uh, uh, franchise businesses going forward. So so we made the decision uh, to acquire them. But more generally, I think... A good technology platform for any business, but maybe even particularly franchise businesses, is is very important. Uh, come back to the fact that a, a franchise business is a startup. It needs to be as efficient as it possibly can be, and and their use of technology ensures that. You know, so for example, franchise recruitment to have that CRM of all the potential recruits and and the follow-up that goes with it. If you can use a technology platform, far more efficient. Customer ordering. Now, a lot of business acquisition now is done on the web. That really needs a a technology platform at least to feed into, even if um, you're using someone else's platform for the initial inquiry. Labor scheduling, a very important part, for example, of our uh, plumbing and drainage businesses. Marketing. Uh, there are so many different platforms out there. Without some sort of technology platform, you're just going to lose track of it. Finance, obviously, and reporting. I mean, uh, franchisees that are paying royalty to a franchisor need good records of uh, what they're doing. So, so there is never any issues about collecting the correct uh, royalty. So, I think fundamental to any business, but but we see particular relevance to uh, franchising businesses. And um, just off the back of that, Stephen, what do you envision being some of the benefits of this specific acquisition of Azura Group? How do you think your two organizations now can can work more closely? I mean, I think they now have the ability for sort of intimate insight, if you like, to how our business uh, works. They're, they're no longer a supplier. They are part of the group. So, so they can integrate their offering completely with what we're doing. And in that way, I think it will enhance their ability to... Uh, develop products for other franchise businesses with that additional insight. I mean, there there are certain areas where we're hoping to move uh, their offering on uh, significantly. I mean, I I spoke about labor scheduling, spoken about marketing, the finance function. If we can offer a a fully integrated package to franchisors and their franchisees, I think that will be quite compelling. Uh, so we're we're optimistic we can grow that business quite significantly over the next few years. Absolutely, yeah. It all sounds like uh, very exciting times ahead. Um, when we're looking at kind of franchise brands as an organisation and your portfolio of franchises, um, it appears from the outside that they're all primarily focused on home maintenance and repairs, which is a, a kind of sector of the industry which is seeing consistent growth, particularly throughout the pandemic. Um, you know, persevered perhaps better than others. Um, and I was curious, Stephen, why you've chosen to build the franchise or around this sector, or whether maybe that wasn't. A intentional choice and it was just that these were the brands that stood out as um you know notable for broadening your organization not entirely uh, accurate to say that they're home focused our, our biggest brands in the group are our metro rod and metro plum right and and they offer services mainly to the uh, commercial sector but 
but but you are right in our, our B2C uh, division they are all consumer facing the characteristics we like about maintenance and repair is is it, it gives you opportunity to build an ongoing relationship uh, with the customer where you're offering a one-off service they come and buy whatever they're buying and they go and you never see them again whereas if you can have some sort of ongoing um, service with them I mean uh, in certain of our brands for example chips away I'm sure uh, the customers wish they'd never see us again uh, because <laughs> it means they would have damaged their car but 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 nevertheless <laughs> inevitably that happens and and if you can build that return uh, relationship uh, you you can build a better service with those individual customers because you get to know them and of course you reduce your marketing costs because marketing to an existing customer is 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 far less expensive than winning a new customer so so we spend a lot of time on customer retention and customer service um as a way of doing that that is the general theme behind the the brands we have within uh, franchise brands we're trying to provide uh, uh, regular service probably the um, the classic of that is oven clean where uh, we all know that we need our oven cleaned at least a couple of times a year so that is almost a milk round business that you know as soon as you've had your oven clean you book in the next clean um, and 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 that makes for a very efficient and and successful uh, franchise business Certainly, yeah. No, that that reminds me that I, I desperately do need to get mine clean. So thank you for that little. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you, of course, Stephen, as well as um, being currently focused on this particular industry, have a lot of experience in the QSR world, having worked um, at Domino's Pizza previously for over two decades in the corporate level. Um, and I was curious to hear a little more about what you would say the the main differences are when franchising within QSR, a huge industry the world over, compared to the kind of service and maintenance brands that you currently operate? Surprisingly few. Okay. I mean, the similarities are uh, enormous. I mean, uh, at Domino's, we focused on uh, product, service, and image. And whilst uh, there may be a different balance uh, between those three uh, factors in a service business compared with a uh, food delivery business, they are nevertheless present. I mean, Product, obviously, the Domino's pizza product was was very very important. But if you like, any of the services we provide have an end product, whether it's unblocking a previously blocked drain or repairing a scratch car. You know that is the the product we're offering. Uh, service in any industry is vitally important. In in the Domino's world, it was delivering the pizza in less than thirty minutes. In uh, the drainage business. Again, that time factor is very important. We work to very strict uh, service level agreements. You know, we've got to get there, sort out the problem within four hours, typically. It's a reactive service. So that service element, again, vitally important. And image, I mean, that's a bit more ethereal. Um, it's probably a bit more important to a QSR business than it is to a drainage business. But part of an image is, if you like, reputation, Um visibility. Um, and again, that's quite important in franchising because uh, franchisees are not going to buy into a business that nobody's ever heard of. So, so to have a, mm. a recognized image is, is, is pretty important. So I think um, whilst those factors apply differently in different businesses, I think those are the keys to, 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 to running probably more or less any business, but, but um, 
particularly relevant in franchising. Yeah, no, they certainly seem to have a lot more crossover than you may initially um, initially expect, which is very interesting. Um, but while we're we're on the the topic of your career with Domino's, Stephen, um, you were of course instrumental in bringing this huge American brand to the UK, um, which is very much what we focus on here at Global Franchise: the idea of international franchising and penetrating new markets. Um, what would you say are some of the key lessons that you learned during that time about kind of the idea of international franchising and adaptations and kind of the ways in which you introduce a um, an arguably foreign concept into a new uh, a new market? I think you, you you you're touching on it there. I mean, it it is recognize the fact that it is a foreign concept and and take the time to learn the market in to which you're going. You can't take a cookie cutter approach to it that this has been successful in your domestic market and therefore you can just transplant it into a new international market virtually everything is different i I, I sort of made a list here of some when we expanded dominoes into to to other markets that the cultural differences the legal differences i mean labor costs union representation working hours property leases environmental health regulations planning law vehicle usage health and safety regulations uh, all of those things have got to be considered uh, in in setting up your new business and indeed you take responsibility for making sure you understood those for your franchisees. So you've really got to do your homework well before you can go out and sell a franchise concept in a new market. And probably it's best that you don't start off by selling a, a, a franchise to begin with, that, that you run corporate operations in a new market just to make sure you've got all the wrinkles out of it. It's not to be undertaken lightly. And, and you will have notice that actually the international operations of franchise brands are at present fairly limited and and part of the reason for that is 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 the cost of setting up those operations in a new market far better to piggyback on something else uh, uh, an existing operation that you can then uh, develop your brands through i i know from um slightly bitter experience at, at, at domino's that it takes a very long time and a lot of money to develop in uh, a a new market. So tread carefully. There's now just under a week left to enter the Global Franchise Awards 2022, with entries closing on January 20th, 2022 at 5pm GMT. Don't delay and enter today, and you could be in with the chance of taking home a Global Franchise Award trophy at our ceremony in San Diego as part of the IFA's annual convention. For more information and to enter today, visit globalfranchise.com forward slash awards. Yeah, I think that's um, quite an invaluable checklist for international franchisors. But as you say, you can you can have that checklist, but there's still a lot of, uh, of preparation and kind of caution that needs to be um, brought into that. Uh, that process. Um, you've mentioned in the past, Stephen, that your your motto is to fill your valleys and maintain your peaks, which I'm sure is um, very applicable to a lot of organisations during this kind of pandemic slash post pandemic period that we're going through. Um, and I wanted to unpack that a little bit more. Um, how how can you how can franchisors prepare their organisations for those slower times, perhaps times that they're going through at the moment, so that revenue isn't affected quite so negatively. And when things begin picking up again, they can kind of come out swinging, as it were. Yes, I think, I mean, I I think it's largely 
driven by the marketing. I mean, again, this this originated in 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 Domino's when we were looking at how we could uh, maximize the the sales, uh, the weekly sales. And um, to be honest, we didn't need any more business on a Saturday night, but uh, on Tuesday it was the quietest day of the week. So we developed marketing campaigns, and at Domino's it was two for Tuesday. So sort of buy one, get one free deal on, on, on a Tuesday, which was filling that valley. It may have even sliced business off the top of the mountain on, on a Saturday night. But, um, you know, that was the period where uh, service was suffering. So um, if you can fill those valleys nice and high um, and still offer great service at the top of the mountain, you can maximize your sales. And I think those sort of principles work for... Uh, any business. So, uh, I mean, you know, you think about uh, one of our brands, for example, something like Oven Clean. You know, we would we would market barbecue cleaning in the spring and the autumn. No point doing that in the depth of winter. But in the depths of winter, in the run up to Christmas, everyone wants a clean oven on on the on the run up to Christmas. So, so you adjust your marketing mm. for firstly what you think people um, want at that stage, but also um, if you can push it a little bit further and and and, and fill those valleys when uh, people are naturally quiet, um, you can maximise the overall um, turnover. So, so we develop strategies for each of our brands of how we do that. I mean, um, Metro Rod, for example, most of what we do through the winter is reactive work. It's raining a lot. The drains are filling up. They have problems that need to be fixed uh, very quickly on a reactive basis. But behind that, there may be a a longer-term maintenance problem. If we can do that in the summer when it's raining less, A, it's more conducive to to, to, to getting the work done, uh, and B, we're quieter anyway. So again, that would be another, over the course of a year, uh, filling the valleys and building the mountains. I mean, as I say, in most cases... Um, the mountains build themselves because it is uh, there's some sort of um, external factor uh, uh, causing pizza to be popular on a Saturday night or drains blocking when it tumbling down with rain. Um, but it's the quieter periods you've got to focus on if you're going to build the overall sales of the business. Absolutely. And uh, the the final question I've got for you, Stephen, is um, probably the big question that a lot of brands are asking themselves at the, this time of year. Um, but what do you think are perhaps some of the, the biggest trends that are going to be affecting the franchise industry in 2022, either that's regards to technology or particular industries or just things that you think that are really going to define this year's um, franchise landscape? I think the single biggest thing that's going to affect franchising and indeed most businesses this year is capacity. Okay. We've come out of a, a quiet period. People have mostly survived it. I mean, the, the, the number of bankruptcies is a, a, a historic low. I mean, and this is partly because obviously of the support um, the government given with the furlough scheme and, 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 the, and the rest of the actions they've taken. But we've now got people that I think are still are more demanding of the levels of service they want than they were pre-pandemic. And there is a smaller labor force. So actually to offer the service of the standard people are looking for is going to be a challenge. And I think, you know, one of the things that, again, a franchise business, but indeed any business has got to do in the coming year is look after their people. Uh, They need to retain the people they've got and become an attractive place to work. And 
And obviously, the sort of place we want to work in now is probably a lot different uh, from what it was pre-pandemic. People are going to work from home anymore. Now, that may or may not suit. I mean, it, it certainly doesn't suit us in a drainage business to have people working from home. Not possible. But, uh, you know, there are other businesses where that will be uh, a trend. I mean, it was an interesting one we um, have experienced um, at Metrorod uh, during the pandemic. We used to have, well, we, we do have a 24-7 call centre. Uh, we used to have difficulty um, staffing that in the evenings and in the midnight to 6am shift. When we were all forced to work from home, that moved to home working and the problems went away. I mean, people doing that call centre work from home much prefer doing it that way. So we've never bought it back and never will. I mean, that, that that's a permanent shift now to, to home working for that service. And I think businesses have got to be flexible and find out how they can make their people happy. Uh, to both recruit and retain. And in that way, they will create the capacity they need to provide the service that, as I say, the ever de- more demanding customers are looking for. Yeah, no, that's um, that's a really interesting example, actually, that you almost discovered a solution to a problem that you had um, accidentally, really. <laughs> yes, yeah. We'd never have done it uh, without the pandemic. We'd never have tried that. We'd have thought that was way too risky. Yeah. But, uh, and it's another example of why technology is so important because that was only possible because of our reasonably advanced technology. You know, everything um, was, was in fact, laptop-based. So, so the call center agents actually could do their job quite happily from a laptop at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots more ideas uh, are probably going to come out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you uh, again, Stephen, for joining us and very, uh, very interested to see what some of those ideas are as we move forward in this new year. Thanks very much, Kieran. Good to talk to you. Stephen began our conversation by bringing up an evergreen skill that we'll no doubt hear plenty about this year, empathy. The pandemic gave people time to reflect on what they actually want out of a career and it's the job of franchisors and franchisees to make sure that they're providing levels of support and guidance that match those expectations. It's not enough to just offer the bare minimum with occasional benefits, you need to make your organisation a fulfilling, enjoyable place to be. It was also really interesting to hear about the differences between Stephen's time in the QSR world compared to services franchising, or more accurately, how both industries have a surprising amount of crossover. Every business that's consumer-facing is ultimately about product and customer service, so it makes sense that these two worlds collide in several ways. We'd be keen to hear your thoughts on this. What have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned throughout your career in the industry? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.